You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another edition of After the Jack. I'm your host, Tyler Maher. Uh, with me in the studio, as always, is Ash Williamson. Ash, uh, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, listeners, and uh, th- thanks for having me, Tyler. Back for another After the Jack podcast and back for another year of school as well, get ready to get back into it. And uh, Brian Nisbet, uh, as always. Brian, uh, welcome back. Thanks very much, Tyler, and welcome to you and Ashley. Now, we've got a, a very exciting show for you today. Uh, we've had a chat with Kyabram coach Dane Gade, and you'll be able to hear this at the end of the episode. And uh, Brian, we'll, uh, we'll roll into uh, our usual reviews and previews. Thanks, Tyler. Yes, the review of Weekend Pennant, Saturday the 23rd of January. We had a forecast temperature was 39, and every game was played, so obviously... Never reached thirty nine, or if it did up here, I haven't heard any. Thirty six is what I saw at Shepparton for the for the bureaus, so we were lucky in that aspect. We were um, wasn't too bad. I played at Seymour, and it was about thirty six down there. I think uh, three or four degrees uh, less than Shep. Well, it should have been, but it was about basically the same. Um, if you, it was thirty six, thirty seven in Shep, but anyway, it was warm enough. Division six. Of Saturday pennant, weekend pennant. Bottom place, Maritna Golf upset Shep Park fifth by a huge 26 shots at home. Second place, Nagambi, one over Avenal in fourth spot by three in a close one. And Seymour VRI by a massive 45 over second last rushy away. In Division 5, Colbo fifth went down to Tad Hilltop Red second by 18. Yarrow six by twenty three over bottom side Dookie, Tad Hilltop Blue, Tally Kai and Stanhope, and Marupna Golf all had buys. Division four, the most competitive division with ten sides out of twelve in contention for finals, saw Parker sixth by forty eight shots over Tad Hilltop. Now I don't know where they were in the ladder. Um, I think it was. Tad Hilltop Blue, um, East Pink by eight. No, it's just Tad Hilltop. Sorry, East Pink by eighteen over Murchison, who are last. Merrigan eight over Stanhope, fourth by ten shots, in an upset. Yarrow third, a big loss to second place Dablin at home by twenty four. East Lime ninth by five over eleventh place Shep Golf in a tight one. And top side Kyabram went down to fifth place Seymour. In a crucial victory for Seymour. Great, great competition, Div 4. Like, some of those results, yeah. It'll come down to the last round and probably shot difference, I think, in some cases. I think it a, will, A actually. point or two either way. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to because you've got third on, uh, uh, sorry, fourth on 92 points. And then uh, this is how it goes down the ladder. 91, 86, 86, 85, 82. We're down to ninth spot here. 78 uh, in 10th and uh, down to 66 and 61, uh, 11th and 12th. Yeah, the top 10 sides are still in it. I don't think 11 and 12 will make it. Uh, but even then, though, they've still got 60-odd points for the year and you look at the bottom side or bottom two sides in most divisions, they'd be lucky to be half that. True, very true. Uh, great competition. And they have 12 sides in there. We'll, we'll probably hear later on about, oh, we didn't. we only played the bottom side 
once for the season, mm. they and they played them twice and all this. But if you can't win enough games in fourteen rounds, you don't deserve to be in the four. Yeah, and it just goes to show how well the bottom side's not really a genuine bottom side because they've still no, been good true. enough to win the odd game. That's right. Yeah, Division three, the top five sides are having an epic battle for places in the finals with Marupna Golf and Seymour favourites to get the double chance. Shep Golf, Tally and Tad Hilltop in that order are fighting for the remaining spots. Dukey seventh went down by 18 to Tally four. Frank Niglia's 28-shot win was enough in their 23-shot victory over third-place Shep Golf, who won all the other rinks, which comprised a total of five shots separating the three rinks. Uh, Craig O'Shannon's 34-shot win got them a 22-shot win over uh, Possum Powers' rink for Marupna. Over, over Marupna. Oh, Marupna. Yeah. Possum Powers' rink wins for Marupna and Arthur Smith gained them a valuable four points in the relegation battle. And second place, Seymour Whitewash, bottom place, parked by 47 shots on the grass, not the carpet at... Seymour, Dale Salick and Murray Phillips Rinks had the closest contest, seven shots being the difference. And I thought I'd throw that in. It was a very good match. The scores didn't indicate. But Dale Salick bowled exceptionally well. Yep. And so did his second in Bernie Dillon. And Brian Griffiths led um, brilliantly for Shep Park. How was the grass down there, Brian? It's... It, it run 16, 15 yep. and a half, 16. Yep. I had no complaints, a bit narrow on one side. Yep. But overall, I'd give the green 7.5 out of 10. Well, look, really, they, they've proven to be a benchmark side in Division 3 and all year. So, I mean, it, um, it probably wouldn't have mattered if it was synthetic or grass. I think they're, they're the side to beat in Division 3 this year. Uh, I differ. I think Shep uh, Marupna Golf's the best side we've played in the last two seasons. Right. I don't know whether what happens to them in the finals. They went out in straight sets, but I believe they might have the right balance this year, but they'll be up against it. Yep. But I favour them on uh, grass. It'll be a great final, this. Yep. I, I think they're the two sides that'll play off. Okay, yep. Division 2, Tad Hilltop second beat the previously undefeated Chep Golf by one shot at home. Mm. And this was an upset. He, and on Ray Salwood, the decisive rink there, I think, there. He had yeah, a big win. he had a big win. And on this form, may save your rower from relegation because Tad Hilltop's got to be in contention now. Marupna by 18 over Park has, I believe, finished their finals chances, Ash. Yeah. I looked at the draw. They've got to play Shep Golf and well, Rushy at Rushy. And, yeah, well, I mean, they've got Kai at home this week, Rushy at Rushy and then Nagambi at Nagambi. But, you know, if they can win those three, but, yeah, I mean, they, they didn't beat Marupna either time this year. They lost them by one shot the first time at home. So probably fighting an uphill battle. I think so. Kai by 16 over Rushy, who's um, shown a bit of improvement in the last two or three games. Yep. Um, they consolidated their later position, Kai, and Nagambi extended east on three rinks. But David Downs by 15 got them home over Johnny Sindon, the bar manager down there. And my prediction is that the top four is settled in Division 2. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair call. East is 
fifth, I believe, and lurking with a bit of intent. But I think Only they've three got three points out. Yeah, but I think they they they've got a fi- bit of a tougher. They've got a tough draw. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they've got Tat Hilltop, Kai Abram, Rushy at Rushy, and oh, that's it. Um, yeah. So, oh, and Marutma. So, and Marutma, yeah, yeah. So they've got three of the top yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, three of the top four. I mean, it's I mean, in their hands if they can do it. Yeah. But if yeah. they win those four games, they'll get in. Simple as that. Yep. In Division One, Yarrow, led by Tony Kingmer and Andy Houston, put a slight dent in Park's final hopes, winning by five shots. Golf won easily over Stanhope, but Jeff Mulcahy won his third successive game, a skip. So he's undefeated, defeating the previously unbeaten Brad Orr by two shots. Mm. Tally won 17-1 over Kai at home in a big win. Greg Schilling salvaging a point, drawing with Mark Ryan. Now you were uh, down there at Euroa Ash. Uh, what went wrong? Oh, I think um, you know we had a pretty commendable performance against Tally Groupner the week before on the carpet. I think it was about a forty or fifty shot turnaround um, from the first time we played them at Tally. Uh, we didn't win a rink the first time, and then we we managed to pinch two rinks against Tally. So we, you know, our form wasn't too bad, but I think. In my opinion, we probably lost this one a little bit at the selection table because we went into the Aroa game and every rink had changed. They changed all the combinations around, um, which I, I feel um, unsettled sort of um, the dynamic a little bit. Um, and I, you know, it just sort of it seemed to me that um, you know the changes were sort of made to to try and shore up one rink or one one person's rink, um, and. You know, it sort of backfired against us a bit. Um, you know, Josh Warren had a big lead against Tony Kingmar. I think he led by 13 or so. Um, and sort of the second week in a row fell in a bit of a hole. Um, and that was big in turning around the overall result. Um, Andy Houston, we, we played against his rink. Um, you know, at one stage there, I think they won about 18s in a row and just lots of ones. They just kept getting one, 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 one. Um, and so they, you know, they, they were too good for our rink, fair play. Um and then the other two rinks managed to win. So, you know, um, Paul Warren was the one that wanted wanted a new third in his rink, and he managed to beat Ken Sutcliffe. But I think it was to the detriment of the other other rinks and unsettled their dynamic a little bit. And um, you know, fair play to Yarrow, and well done to them. You know, they deserved their first win of the season, and they had gradually been improving throughout the rest of the year. So, um, you know, they were too good for us on the day. Take take nothing away from them. But I think we flirted with our form a little bit and got a bit too cute at the selection table, and that cost us in the end. And um, you know we've we've stuck with the same combinations this week, so hopefully second time around, um, now now we're in a must win against Eshep, which we'll obviously touch on yeah. touch on a little bit. But sometimes you can flirt with your form a bit at the selection table, and it and it backfired on us this week. Yeah, I I concur with those comments. I think um, yeah, a very strong point um, about four or five positional changes, and I think. Uh, well, yeah, made a difference. Well, like for example, um, our rink the week before with Paul Nichols, myself, Rob Thorne, and uh, Ernie Salvamini, we had a great win against Mark Ryan at home against Tally. Um, and then you know, so you think usually when you have a good win, you think, oh, yep, you know, we're in good form. We'll go go again next week. And then all of a sudden, you know, Rob got moved out of the rink to Dennis Smythe, and and he bowled really well for Dennis. That you know, they were a fair way down in his game against Mark um, Stevens, But, you know, um, you don't sort of want to be second-guessing yourself, thinking, oh, you know, we've just had a good win, and all of a sudden you shifted, and you sort of start to think, oh, what have I done wrong? And so, yeah, I think that's sort of, um, I know sort of 
heading over there that a few few of our players were you know sort of scratching their heads a little bit and um, it, it sort of it unsettles the the group. Definitely does, and I'd like to. Um, I had the pleasure of playing with Tony Kingmer and Mark Stevens, two skippers at the Nagambi tournament. And we won. We we went pretty well. We won two games on the quick green. We couldn't handle the slower green, which is probably equivalent to Marupna and Rushworth. It's playable. There's no no runs or anything in it, but probably three and a half, four seconds slower than the the um the bet the new green, which is I rated the best green in the comp after playing on it on uh, Sunday. No doubt about it. It's a credit to to Rob and uh, Fiona Smith. Now got their name up down there as a, as a green, which is terrific. But Tony Kingma has got into my uh, top twenty this year. He's he's got a new set of bowls. Johnny Pearson told me today from Yaroa. Mm-hmm. He's got he was playing with size two. Now he's got three heavy, and I I reckon he's probably in the top ten skippers at present. There you are. So well done, Tony. You you're bowling exceptionally well. Some of the bowls he played down there against some. Pretty um, good competitors. With some good uh, teams down there was was really um, outstanding, and they had to they had to cover me, of course. And Mark Stevens bowled pretty well as well. A- hang on a minute. If he's in the top ten skippers in the comp, Tyler, you've just got the skip ladder up here. Where is he? Yeah, uh, but he's playing at Yaroa. So you reckon if he was, I play- said rated in the top ten yeah. skippers. Do you reckon he'd skip at Shep Golf or Tally? Probably not. So there's well, eight. Yeah, that's so he's. So he's ninth and tenth, uh, without taking into six other sides into calculation. Well, I've thrown him up there. Oh, right. yeah, no, we're all entitled to our opinion. I'm sure uh, Dave will disagree with you when uh, in his top twenty. But uh, just touching now, on last listen, week, yeah, just before I go, uh, where are you going, Mark yeah, Steve- to No, go. Mark Stevens. <laughs> before we go on this topic, or divide, you know, go to another one. Uh, Mark Stevens told me that Dave Hardy was the best player in the. In their in the game against uh, Dennis Moore. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's obviously been playing third as Dennis uh, for Dennis and missed the tally group in the game. He had um, had had a sore, had a um, sore knee and couldn't um, physically walk up and down the green. So he came back into Dennis's rink. So there was already one sort of change and came back in. And uh, like I said, they were a long way down. There. I think they were about eleven or thirteen shots down and managed to peg him back and, and get a couple of points for us. And yeah, Dave, Dave's had a terrific season. Um, stepping up from lead to third, and he's been been a real um, solid rock for Dennis there, playing playing as his third. He definitely has. So well done, Dave. And uh, just on the weekend before we move on to previews, um, I uh, did dig up an interesting stat, uh, Brian. Uh, I've already told Ash this one, but uh, Shep Golf has left nineteen points out there this season across ten rounds. Just nineteen points. Nine of those to weather. Uh, in, in the heat out, six of those Stanhope who's taken three rings off on this. This year. was in the Shep News, yes. yes, and the rest of the competition four. Yeah, it's a incredible effort. Oh. Wow, I mean, it just goes to show how, and even just um, you know, you talk to other bowlers from other clubs, and I think you'll hear it in Dane's interview. He touches on that. Yeah, you, know, you almost take Shep Golf out of the equation when you're analysing the comp because they're just a standard above 
everyone else, and it just goes to show with a figure like that. I, I'd like to, um, I don't know, Tyler would probably be the best place to look at it, but I think this would probably be the cleanest that they've been in, in any of their previous premiership seasons in terms of how many points they've got out of a po- out of the most possible that they could get. Like in yeah, recent seasons, they be, might yeah. they might have dropped one or two games, whereas 100%. this one they've so, been clean, you know. Certainly since my time up here, mm. this is... Um, the most dominant they've been, and and in a season that is still comfortably the the most even across the board that that we've seen in um you know certainly recent memory. Talking to a few bowlers, um you know they're they're fifty points ahead on top, a shot difference of two hundred ninety one, um and dropped f- what is it uh, five rinks for the season. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, well actually a uh, couple of them might have been draws as well. So uh, it, it's a ridiculous effort, but um they'll be under no illusions that. Uh, you know, it's the job's not even halfway done yet. Uh, you know, the first part of the job is finishing top two, and um, you know it starts again after that. And I think we can see by their team selection this week that they're certainly not resting on their laurels. Well, cert- yeah, we'll certainly touch on that in our previews for this weekend. But um, certainly, it's a scary thought to think that you know, in the past five premiership seasons, this is generally about the point where they start to get a bit more fed in, can settle their combinations down, and really try and peak into finals, and so they, they can only really go from strength to strength. Well, I mean, even just last year, I know they lost to East under lights, um, didn't they, the and, year before? And, and last and Park beat them on carpet as well under yeah. lights. So uh, it's certainly been impressive, and um, it'll be great to watch them in finals, uh, whoever they come up against. Um, so we'll quickly move into a review of midweek pennant round 11, which was played uh, this recent Tuesday. So we're getting close to finals there as well. Division 5, Kyburn 5th defeated Rushy 7th by 11th shots. Marupna Golf um, defeated 4th place Colburn Avenue in the upset of the round by 17. Yeroa 3rd also surprised the top side Dookie by 23 shots, so a couple of upsets in this grade. Katandra West won by 11 over 6th place Avenal with uh, Seymour, the bottom side, having a bye. Division 4, East Shepparton and Blue last defeated, uh, the bottom side defeated Shepparton Park Plum 6 by 24 shots. Uh, match of the round, Tat Hilltop defeated Park Rose by 3. Murchison uh, in fifth place, they had a draw with uh, second place Merrigan, which was a good result for Murch. And topside Nagambi continued on their merry way, defeating East Shepherd and Green, the second bottom side, by 26 shots. Division three, uh, in a battle of the salad dwellers, Marupma seventh defeated Yaroa eighth by 27. East Shepherd and played a draw with fifth place Kai. Uh, topside Park defeated Stanhope. Uh, who were third by 39 shots, a big result. I think there was about a 42-15 result in that game. Uh, Keith Keith Dudley had a big win. And uh, second place, Marupna Golf had a big win over bottom side, Shepparton and Golf by 30 shots. Division two, Avenal, fifth place, defeated bottom side, Seymour by five in a close one. Yaroa in sixth place, lost to top side, East Shepparton by 18 uh, they look the premiership front runners in Division Two. Fourth place, Kybram defeated Tat Hill Top Red second by eight, and Tat Hill Top Blue. Um, their result wasn't available against Shep Golf third, but I would have imagined that Shep Golf would have been too good in that game. Uh, was that Division Two? Two, yeah. I haven't had a chance to verify that. Yes, uh, I believe it may have got washed out. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah because the green was unarmed. Underwater, so they couldn't play. I didn't re- do remember reading that. So that game was washed out due to an unplayable green. Division one, uh, Park Gold, 
uh, in sixth spot. Uh, probably saw their slim finals chances go by the wayside, losing by three shots to fifth place to Tura Hilltop. Now, Shep Park... Fair effort that they put up, though. Yeah, Shep Park Gold were actually ahead on the overall count um, with a few ends to play, and it was only um, David Cartwright's rink uh, having having a big win with Russell Locke as his third, and I think Josh Cartwright as his second... Um, that, that, that got them over the line with Calvin Rogash having a win for Shep Park and also uh, Bev Thorne, I think. So that was a 12-4 result. So uh, pretty pretty gutsy effort by Park Goal, but Tat Hilltop keeping their finals hopes alive. Yeah, certainly. They're sitting in fifth now, the Bulldogs. Um, they have, on, been, have been a few for a few rounds, yeah. Yeah, 101 points. Um, we won't go through the other results first, and then I'll I'll read the ladder out because yeah. it's changed um significantly since last week. Marupna Golf lost their sixth match in a row, going down to topside Kai by eleven. Park Tan was too good for Rushworth and jumped up to second place, um, winning by twenty five away, which is always a good result. Uh, Seymour dropped from top to fourth place. After losing by 11 shots to golf, Shepherd and Golf at home, which is a huge result, only I, won one rink. I reckon that would have been played on grass because I think because the finals are going to be on grass, I got, the, I got the sort of feeling from playing them in Division 3, which is their top Saturday side, that um, there's, uh, their players like Dale, 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 Dale Salick and the Robbie Baldwin and Max Hammond. Max Hammond. I think the green, as I said, the green was good, and I believe they could have played on that, and that's where they were kind of stuck. But I may be corrected. Flirt, flirting with a bit of form, if that's the case, Brian. Do you think? I mean, they've no. Well, you've got to play yeah. finals on grass, and but, I don't think they're going to lose their position on the ladder. But they've gone from first to fourth, so they've gone. From I don't. A think, I mean, chance. they're not going to go out of the. I think they'll reap. They got a, well. They got how many games left? They got another one at home and and one away. I presume. So there's three rounds left. And what's the ladder, Tyler? Now, so Kyabram top uh, have gone to top on 115. Park Tan on 112. Shepparton Golf on 108. Seymour on 106. So all four of them still can finish top um, comfortably. But then Tat Hilltop 101, only five points back. So Seymour, uh, look. I understand if well if they were on grass the the thought process behind playing a fellow finalist on grass. what you what you're going to be playing yeah. in the final, but um, yeah maybe not the time to be flirting to, with it when well to me you can that still drop out well to me that just if if they did play on grass would have played in the Shep Golf's hands because you go out to Shep Golf and that's running a beautiful fifteen yeah. sixteen and I saw him um, easily account for Shep Park uh, the higher one uh, ten. About two or three weeks ago at Shep Golf, and they they just, they just handle those quicker greens so well. So we do stand to be corrected, though. If uh, yeah, if it could have been on that carpet. That's right. Um, but yeah, so a lot of interest certainly in that top five in Division One midweek with only three rounds to play. No doubt, a few of those sides are playing each other um, in those last couple of rounds. And I reckon a, a game that an underrated game that might have a bit of spice is the two Park sides are playing each other. I think in a couple of weeks' time, and with the form that Park Gold shown, they could upset the apple cart and beat the tan side and really stir up the the final four like. That, they're not, probably not going to play finals now, but they can certainly shape the top four that do make it. Yeah, definitely. No, it's every chance. Yeah, well, the games this week, um, Tat Hilltop play Seymour this week. So, yep. um, you know, Seymour's got to travel uh, to, 
to Tat Hilltop and, um, you know, if they lose that, they'll be out of the four. Might have been their dress rehearsal for playing on some quicker grass greens and with another week's practice, they, they'll be hoping to um, certainly bounce back against Tat Hilltop this week. Yes, certainly. No, they, they have jeopardised their position on the ladder for sure, but it's a big four going from one to four in and one round. Well, it just goes to show the evenness of the competition and as we've yep. seen all year, the sides sort of beating each other. There hasn't really been a standout side. Yeah, certainly, Ash. Um, well, while we're on midweek, we'll quickly preview round 12, February 2nd. Um, in Division 5, Dukey first play, Abinal 6, Dukey to win, Colbo fourth to defeat Yaroa third. The loser out of this match will go out of the four if, if uh, what's the win here, if Kai Abram... Defeat uh, Seymour. So there you go. Big finals ramifications. Yeah, it is. Um, Maritna Golf got the bye there in ninth spot. Kai Abram fifth. Beat um, Seymour eighth. They'll be in the four. Yep. And Rushworth seventh. Play Katandra West second. And Katandra West will win that. Division four. Nagambi on top will be too good for Shep Park Plum, even though it's on. Well, to be on the grass at uh, Shep Park, I presume. Murchison, fifth play east. Shep Green on the carpet. I'm going for Murch. Merrigan, second play. Tad Hilltop, fourth. This will be the match of the round. I'll go for Merrigan on their home green. Shep Park Rose, third. Play east. Shep Blue, eighth. That's Park Rose. Have a good win there. Division three. Marupna play there on in sixth spot. Play Shep Golf, eighth. Marupna to win. Shepparton Park, first play Marupna Golf, second at Marupna Golf. I'm going for Shep Park. Stanhope, third play East Shepparton, fourth. A couple of good matches here. Uh, I'll go for Stanhope at home. And Kyabram, fifth play Yaroa, seventh. Kyabram at home. Division two, Seymour, eighth play Kyabram, fourth. Kyabram to win. Tad Hilltop, third play, Yaroa, seventh. Hilltop, that's Tad Hilltop, red to win. East Shep on top play, Tad Hilltop, blue, seventh. East Shep will have a big win. And Shep Golf, second, play Avenal, fifth. Avenal, um, striving again in the finals, but I think uh, Shep Golf will finish their aspirations off this week. Division one, Ash. Yes. And Tyler. We touched on it before. Tad Hilltop fifth, play Seymour fourth at, Hat, at Tad Hilltop. And I've got here, read my notes. It's, uh, it's being played at Hilltop? Yeah. In go Tad Hilltop after they win and out of the four goes Seymour. Yeah, well, I think... So I've answered my own question, haven't I? Yeah, well, I think we've seen in recent weeks, you know, David Cartwright's been skipping uh, Lee Farrell, Gary Russell, Rus- uh, Russell Locke. Um, Josh and uh, Olivia Cartwright, they've all been playing, so they've really um, bolstered their side. They'll lose the younger Cartwrights next week, though. Uh, School's back. Yeah, yep. So there's a couple that go out of the team. Um, But I think they'll have a bit too much firepower, especially at home for Seymour. What do you think, Ash? Um, Tyler? Yeah, Tad Hilltop for mine. Uh, Seymour uh, will bounce back, I I think. Um, But that'll be a really tight race. Uh, between really all five sides, uh, I mean, oh, yeah. fifth, fifth is only Fantastic. 14 points back from first. So, I mean, Kyabran sitting top, they could 
win a minor premiership or uh, miss the finals yeah. <laughs> with three yeah, well, three yeah. rounds to go. That's right. And as Ash said, uh, Shep Gold are going to have a say in the final four for sure. Uh, Shep Gold third after a good win over Seymour play. Rushworth eighth. Rushy have been very disappointing and it's hard to see them staying up really. I, I don't know. Well, they've finished on the bottom a couple of years now, haven't they? Like, oh, and especially with East, should notch uh, a win in Div 2. Div 2, I, yeah. I, I'd say that'll be a pretty easy swap. Yeah, and I think East East the 2 would beat Rushworth 1 in Division 1. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd say I'd go along with that. Righto. Um, Shepparton Park, Tan, second. Play Maripna Golf, seventh. Maripna Golf will lost five in a row. Oh, six now, yep. And this will be number six. Shep Park, Tan, too strong. And Kyabram first play Shep Park Gold sixth. Um, this could be I give Shep Park Gold a good chance, but Kyabram at home to win. Oh, you just going back to the Shep Golf Rushworth game. Uh, I did notice that um, they've got a new skip Shep Golf this week. Must be um, someone unavailable. Colin Sudsy Power is skipping on a, on a Tuesday for Shep Golf, heading over to to Rushworth. So um, good luck to him, and I, I think he'll definitely bolster their side. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think uh, Kyabram really has to win this one against Gold this week because they've got um, Tad Hilltop and Tan, I think, the last two weeks. So yep. um, they they need to notch, As many points. notch those points um, because, you know, there's certainly no certainties the last two rounds. That's for sure. Are we ready for an ad break, Tyler? Oh, we certainly are. We'll thank our wonderful sponsors. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. All right, Brian, we'll uh, preview the weekend pennant and then uh, get out of here, I reckon. Yeah, it's just prior to that, I'll do a Dave Hardy and come in with um, the new leader and the skip of the year is now David Dawes in Division 1 Saturday pennant. He's undefeated. He's got eight and a half wins. Or he's got eight and one loss. And then Johnny Gribble's got seven and a half. And I think next might be Robbie George and then Chris Ferguson. Yeah, um, it's a great um, segue to something else that we were actually going to discuss as well as the um, the GV sides have been named, Brian. Yeah, well, yeah, touch on those. Yeah. For, for the challenge. And obviously um, a lot of the, those skippers that you mentioned that are high up in the in the ladder have been picked in in the sides, Brian. What what, what did you make of the the, the teams that they've picked? Would you like to read through them? It's a while ago since I've uh, seen them. Well, they're they're up on the up on the website, Tyler. If you could bring those up, so that's there's um, two GV sides playing in the annual challenge, which I think is against um, Murray and and Central. Central, and the and the group side will be picked based on this day. So GV has two sides in it: a red and a and a blue. In both the men's and the women's? Yes. Yep. So uh, the GV blue is Brad Orr, obviously skips to leads here, although you may not be able to tell. Uh, Brad Orr, John Gribble, John Stokes, Connor Truen, Greg Schilling, Rob George, Andy Houston, Josh Warren, Mitch Sidebottom, Paul Nichols, Daniel Nichols, Brent Rayner. Uh, and GV Red is David Cartwright, Jeff Beattie, Brad Robinson, Russell Locke. Mark Ryan, Brett Gunning, Matt Robertson, Glenn Fields, and David Dawes, Chris Ferguson, Mac Truen, and Cole Power. Yeah, well, I, I think Tony uh, Kingman should have been in that side. 
Or do you want another skip in there? Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's 20 skips in there already, Brian, no, and I he's believe, not in the top 20. No, I believe he should have been in that team. That's... I just don't, I just don't know how you can pick 20 skips out of 24 blokes. Uh, well, what did Dane Gade say? There's, there's great leaders, and I believe you pick your good leaders like... Johnny Dagg has been getting a game in the group side. Well, yeah, and um, it sort of strikes me as a bit like the All-Australian side with the footy that they pick every year. They they have 12 midfielders and they can only have four starting on ball and they go, oh, we've got to fit fit danger in somewhere, so we'll put him on a forward flank and he wouldn't know how to get to the forward flank if you gave him a map. That's right. No, they do. They they, they um, or stick them on a halfback flank. Yeah, yeah. And like I know, obviously, um, your skippers are generally considered your best bowlers. So that theoretically, they can play as a lead or a second because they're supposed to be the best draw bowlers. But I've actually gone ahead and, and I've actually crunt, analysed the stats and I've picked my two GV sides. Okay. And I've, I've used these three criteria. Firstly, um, I just looked at – so there's six rinks, obviously, and I just I, – um, full disclosure, I did this last week, so I looked at the leading skips ladder, ladder last week, so it won't be the one that Brian's got currently. So that, they're my six skips. The top six skips, when I looked at it, they're the six skips of the rinks. Next criteria was – um, you, I've picked blokes in positions that they've played at least one pennant game in this year. So if you haven't played third in a game this year, you, you're not in. You don't get. You're not a skipper that's just playing as a third to give you a spot. If that makes sense. And the third criteria is youth policy where applicable because I can see with um, the the men's sides that were named, they had about nine emergencies. So I don't know whether they're expecting nine people to pull out, but, you know, some of the names they had in the emergency list were the likes of Josh Cartwright and Ben Fletcher, some younger guys, that if you're going to name them as an emergency, you might as well just blood them and put them in the side. Like it's, I agree. They're not going to get anything saying, oh, yeah, I was an emergency for the GV side. Like That doesn't really achieve too much. So anyway, I've gone ahead and with that, that, those three criteria and picked these two GV sides. Doesn't matter with the red and blue. These are me six rinks. So rink one is Brad Orr, Matt, Mac Truen, Wayne Dagger and Reese Newby. Now, Reese Newby, people might say, oh, well, he's, he's been leading in Brad Orr's rink for every game up until this week he's been shifted. So if he's good enough to lead for Ori and they've lost one game for the year, he good goes call. in as a leader for mine. Oh, I like it. Good call. Second ring, David Dawes, Connor Truen, Josh Cartwright, John Dagger. Now, Dawes, he has Connor and, and John in those positions on a Saturday. They're leading the skip of the year. And then Josh Cartwright goes in under the youth policy. He's been playing as a second for his dad. John Gribble, John Stokes, Justin Spedding, Cole Power. Now, Cole Power's been leading for the past few weeks. He's up to third this week, but he has played as a leader, so he gets a spot there. Rob George, Paul McInnes, Ben Fletcher from Stanhope, Joe Greco. Now, Robbie George has had a fantastic year with Jockey as his yep. third, and Joe Greco as his lead, no, so they, so they get in that side. Mitch Sidebottom, Joe Lear, Matt O'Connor from Tally, Russell Orchard, and the last rink is Jeff Beatty, Jason Carter from Tatura, Jeff Boyle, and John Atwood. So I've picked players in their actual positions that they play in, and I, I reckon that so, those two sides would be just as competitive as the ones that they've named. Now I'm not a GV selector, but what do you think, Todd? I, oh, think, I, he's done a, I think he's done a tremendous. Yeah, I look, I, I I like your selections. I think it's it's a different policy, but I still believe, yeah, that those teams had pushed the other side, not not without a shadow of a doubt. I agree there. Uh, the only caveat I have with this, and the only way I can see 
the selectors justifying picking 20 skips. I mean, I can't justify picking 20 skips. But you've got to pick more than four skips because you, you're obviously battling for, for region yes. region spots. Um, you know, yes, if Brad Orr and Dave Dawes are available, you're going to pick them. And maybe the three, three other blokes are, are battling for the other skipper's spot. But... To put twenty skips in there um, in in six rinks, uh, you, you're ruining the chances of those younger kids to mm. have a crack as a lead, to have a crack, crack as a second at that next Absolutely. level. And uh, I think kudos has to go to the midweek selection panel uh, and the way that they've approached it with Olivia Cartwright the past couple of years. Mm. They got Olivia in maybe a year before, um, you know, was popular a selection as a lead um, and. She played, I think, third or skipped last year, and she's skipping again this year. Uh, that progression is exactly what you want to see out of the young mm. bowlers, and um, I, I wouldn't have any issue with picking, um, you know, your, your skips and your thirds for the Golden Murray cha- Challenge uh, as skips, uh, yeah. you know, skips who play weekend pennant. But, you know, your seconds and your leads, you've, you've got to give people a chance. You, well, it sort you're of trying says, to have a look at people. Well, it sort of says, you know, like, I mean, obviously our competition's got an embarrassment of riches when it comes to high-quality skippers, but you can only have six skips. So I, I think what they're thinking is, oh, well, we've got our six skips, but, geez, we haven't named Paul Nichols or we haven't named Daniel Nichols or we haven't named um, Brent Reiner and, and all the six spots are actually taken. So, all right, we'll play him as a third or a second because we've got to have all these top guns in. But I feel that, um, you know, those who actually play that role have to be considered and rewarded to some extent because... You know, it's getting back to the All Australian Football analogy. Imagine if they just named all midfielders and and didn't acknowledge, yeah. acknowledge the guys who play back pocket or full back or or what that actually stopped the goals. Like for sure, you know, someone like Matthew Pavlich was named in about six or seven All Australian sides, and he was named on four or five different lines, and he didn't ever played all those positions. No, true, I agree. And here's a player, Noel Redrop. Yeah, he's leading the medal. He's playing. He's played second. To Rob season. George, yep. so why wouldn't he be selected as a second? Yeah, or yep. considered. And then you know, I know the other thing is as well that obviously it's who makes themselves available to play in these sorts of things, and maybe someone like Toot Redrop might not make himself available for these sorts of things anymore. We don't know. Yeah, but, I think uh, he would have, or he, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But but certainly, um, you know, having Josh Cartwright and Ben Fletcher as emergencies, unless you're expecting nine blokes to pull out. That's a bit of a head scratcher for mine. Um, I, I think you either you either put them in or not. No, know. I agree. Give them a bit of experience. And oh, and they would grow lengths off playing in something like that yeah, against the best players in the Murray and the best players in the Central. And who knows, you know, in years to come, they're the guys that we're hoping to see in our group. Well, I don't know what the group side's going to look like with the new amalgamation or regions or whatever they call it. Um, but those are the guys that are our future in yeah. bowls around here. No, I thoroughly agree. So that so that's just something I did. Uh, yeah, well done, in, Ash. In my spare time while I was still on school holidays. Yeah, I, I, I uh, really appreciate your input. <laughs> um, so moving forward to our previews for weekend pennant this Saturday, Brian. Yes, Tyler's going to run through, seeing how I haven't had time. Being a busy man, still working, you know, Tyler. Yeah, very very busy, Brian. Uh, you know, too busy to give me Dave Hardy's tips last week. Uh, had an angry, correct that? Yeah, angry did. phone call about that this morning. Oh, Apologise, Dave. Look, uh, have you got? I've got Div, Div Six, Tyler. Yep, go for it. Okay, Shepparton Park playing Avenal at Shepparton Park. 
Must win game for Shep Park. Yeah, I think they'll win at home. Yep, Tad Hilltop versus Seymour VRI at Hilltop. Tad Hilltop. Uh, Marupna Golf got the bye, and then Nagambi versus Rushworth. Nagambi, they have a good win. Okay, moving on to Division, Division 5. five. Yep. Tally Garupna v Colburn Abbott. Tally. Stanhope v Kyabram. Stanhope. Marupna Golf hosting Tat Hilltop Blue. Marupna Golf. Tatura Hilltop Red v Uroa. Tat Hilltop Red. Dookie v Bye. <laughs> Division four. This is the, the 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 blockbuster competition with you know ten sides still in contention. Seymour versus Shepparton Park at Seymour. Uh, Shepparton Park. Okay, a bit of, bit of an upset away. Shepparton Golf versus Kai at Shep Golf. Kai Abram. Avenal versus East Shepparton Lime. Avenal. Uh, and Stanhope v Yarrow at Stanhope. Yarrow. Murchison versus Merrigan at Merch. Merrigan. And Tat Hilltop versus East Shepparton and Pink. Tat Hilltop. Okay. Div 3, Brian. Tally v Shep Golf. Tally v Shep Golf. They'll go for Tally at home. Park hosting Marupna. Mark. Must, must win, Brian. On the big, carpet, that? Yeah, that big, that's the no, second. we're on the no grass. grass. We're giving Marupna a bit of a chance, but we'll win... 14-4. Seymour uh, Dookie. Seymour. And Tat Hilltop hosting Marupna Golf. Uh, Marupna Golf. All right. Division 2, Shepparton Golf uh, versus Marupna. Shep Golf on the rebound. At yeah, golf. I think they'll beat beat um, Marupna at Shep Golf. Graham Waddell um, down from Division 1 into the 2s will give them a, a little bit of a boost, but no Graham Myers. So Peter Fairgrave skipping his rink. Um, Nagambi versus Rushworth at Nagambi. Yeah, well, um, Nagambi's. You'd have to give Nagambi a, a chance in this game. I mean, they've been very competitive, and yeah, I'll go for Nagambi. All right, yeah, I, I tend to agree with 14 you. Fourteen four. All right, East Shepherd and looking to keep their finals hopes alive against Tat Hilltop, coming off the upset against Shep Golf. Yeah, I'm. I'm going for. Um, it's at East. It's at East. Yep. Uh, East and Tad Hilltop. I'll go for Tad Hilltop. Yeah, I think they'll just have enough depth to get over the line. And Shep Park also looking to keep their finals hopes alive against Kyabram on carpet. I'll go for Park on the carpet. Yep. Hopefully, um, Greg Williamson looking for three wins in a row. So he might be the key. Greg will get him home. Div 1, we're up to Div 1. All right, Park hosting East uh, on the carpet, Dave Hardy told me this morning. Yep. Uh, he also told me that the stretching hasn't done a lot to the green. What do you think about that? Yeah, I had my first bowl on it since it was stretched uh, last Friday and, yeah, di- didn't notice a lot of difference in the speed and the and the, the draw on either side. Um, I'm not sure whether it's something that takes one week, two week, a month, a month or or what the go is, but um, yeah, this is, is sort of a bit of an unknown for both sides because we missed out on playing each other the first time around due to the heat out. So, um, you know, we, we, we obviously need to regroup after the loss to Euroa, um, going in with the same sides that we, we went with at Euroa. So hopefully second week with those um, sort of newish combinations, we can get over the line. And I think... 
Um, looking at the ladder, if we can win this one, um, that could go a long way to maybe cementing the top four sides. Well, I think we're about 19 points clear. So if we can get a big win and maybe stretch that to, say, 30 points between us and East, that might give us enough security. It really is moving day this weekend yep. for the Alan Matheson Shield because if uh, if Park and Tatura Hilltop get up, that'll be the uh, the finals gate locked shut and yeah, key I, thrown away. I reckon it's locked. I agree with that. I think Park will win this uh, 14-4 by 16 shots and goodbye East. Daniel Nichols might be available to broadcast the grand final. I uh, I don't think it's shut just yet, Brian. I think East will uh, get up this week and uh, just keep it alive a bit longer. I'm interested to sort of um, you know play or see a bit more of Brent Reiner and Jeff Beattie and they've had you know really good seasons and brought a lot to... To East Shepparton, so you're looking forward to the competition of Saturday. Just one thing: are we are we broadcasting the grand final? Are we? Are we? Well, Brian, Is that an exclusive? Well, you gone with an exclusive, Brian? Well, again, well, Brian reckons we are. Well, well if Tyler's agreeable, we'll um, why not? <laughs> Maybe we'll. I've got a video. I've got a video man lined up. Well, we didn't do it last year because yours truly went to Opera in the Alps. Yep. Had a bit of a gripe over where the grand final was played and went up there and stayed up there on the Sunday. So, so you, you cracked it. I'm being honest. We yep. might keep the brainstorming for off air, Brian, but uh, I certainly think uh, we'll be involved in some sort of capacity. Don't you worry about that. Uh, Kyabram Shepparton Golf to be played at Shepparton Golf. Shep Golf 16-2. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Kyabram's made a couple of changes to their rinks this week with um, the coach, Dane Gade, stepping down to third to um, play under Glenn Fields. And Noel Redrop, who's had a really impressive season as uh, Rob George's second, is stepping up to skip that rink in his place. So it'll be interesting to see how those new combinations go. But I think um, interesting, though, that you know, Shep Golf, um, Brad, Brad Orr lost his rink last week and has pretty much blown the whole thing up. Um, one one loss and he hasn't mucked around at all. He's now got Cole Power as his third, trusty trusty third, Cole, um, in a couple of his premiership sides. Mac Truen has gone from third to lead and he's got Wayne Dagger as his second. So um, Which, that just goes to show the standards that they, they hold each other in, in in Shep Golf. You know, one little slip up and, um, you know, he's looking to tinker with the combinations and make sure it doesn't happen again. Neville Manton didn't get back in. He did. Yes, he did. Uh, no, he's back in. Newbies pushed across uh, for Ferguson. Uh, Manton's back in in place of... Graham Waddell. Uh, well, Hasty and Hasty's gone across to push Waddell out. Um, yep. So uh, they've changed three rinks after losing one well, rink the president, Jock Hasty, must have found it. A splurge of uh, form to get back in Division One as a second too. Renowned yeah. as a as a as a great leader, great very leader, reliable, very leader. good leader. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be too strong for Kybram at home. Yeah, the Bombers might jag a rink, but that'll be uh, about it. Uh, although we have seen how the tough that's been to do this year. Tally Grubner v Uroa. Uh, Joey Leah stepped up last week in the absence of Mitch Sidebottom and um, put in a really really impressive performance and. I suppose gives uh, well, us as, as lookers on uh, a bit more confidence in their depth. Uh, I think, doesn't it, Ash? Yeah, well, um, Vince Lear came in and played second in Joey's rink, and they had a massive win. Mitch was uh, unavailable at a wedding in South Australia, but he'll be back 
this week and uh, obviously been in terrific form um, on end off the, the bowls rink. He's found a couple of winners lately as well on the punt. So I hear he's been in good form uh, at the tote. <laughs> yeah, so um, hopefully, yeah, he'd be, he'd be looking forward to getting back into the mix, obviously, with finals approaching. And I think they'll uh, continue on their merry way against Uroa. They, they've really um, tried to build their home rink as a fortress um, actually, one thing I wanted to mention too, um, I think it's the Division 3 game between Shep Golf and Tally is being played at, on Friday night under yes. lights at Tally. Yep, so um, if you're not doing anything, no doubt the, the Shep Golf and the, the Tally um, higher division guys will be out there watching and having a drink and a barbecue. So great great to see those, um, you know, Tally having hosting another night game and, you know, a bit of promotion for bowls in the region. Hopefully a few people get out there and watch. It should be a very good game, I think. Uh, Tally, uh, both both clubs have got fast greens, and there won't be much between. I'll just lean towards Tally narrowly in this in this encounter, which is important for both sides' finals chances prospects. That's the Div Three game, and we're all on, we're all on board with Tally for Div One, aren't we, Brian? Against Uroa. Yeah, I think they'll win eighteen zip by about. 45 shots. Euroa's grand final was last week, uh, so I think yeah, it's a tally for mine. And Tatura Hilltop v Stanhope, the other game. As we said, if, if Tat wins this and, and Park wins in the other game, uh, there'll be over 30 points between fourth and fifth, so it'll be uh, shut up shop. But if Stanhope and uh, East win, then it's uh, on for young and old again. So uh, hopefully uh, we get some uh, results that keep... The finals race alive. Uh, Lee Farrell skipping this week, Gash. Uh, uh, a bit of a tweak. Uh, Gary Russell down the third. Yeah, well, um, obviously, Brian had, had Gary Russell in, in his predicted top five skips on the ladder, and uh, he was flying early, but um, obviously the the bubbles burst slightly, and, and Lee and him have swapped around positions. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that little switch goes, and... Um, you know, the thing with Tad Hilltop, you know, they they haven't been frightened to change their combinations around all year and sometimes it's worked and sometimes it hasn't. Um, you know, I think they'll be too good for Stanhope on this occasion. They're just sort of building their momentum nicely into finals. Um, but, yeah, keen, keen to see how Lee goes. Good luck on, on Saturday. And, you know, um, obviously a bowler of his experience, it's been great to see him playing as as a third, but definitely capable of skipping for sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, Tad Hilltop sixteen two. Um, I get Jeff Mulcahy could snare a rink and Walsh. It could be they could get fourteen four, but I can't see them getting enough points in their other two rinks to to cut to um, force a victory. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, obviously Jeff Mulcahy is coming off the big scalp, and um, and Shane Walsh is very capable. That's on right. his day, but I think the ring, the ring, the ring, it depends how the cards fall. You know, if one of them gets David Cartwright, um, you know, it could be a tough day. And Peter Lasseur's been in really good form as well. Yeah, well, Peter Lasseur is our guest next week. Um, won three out of four a skip. He's come back from, uh, well, the full story will be uncovered next week. He's had a, um, he's lucky to be playing bowls at all. That's all I'll say. But he's made uh, well lucky to be alive. Call him really. the six million dollar man, and um, we'll tell you more about it next week. So tune in. Yeah, don't give too much away, Brian. Uh, I think that just about uh, wraps up the show. Uh, obviously, for our listeners, uh, it's not 
the, the end of the show because we've got uh, a chat with Dan Gay to follow. Uh, but uh, from Ash and Brian at the desk, uh, that's all she wrote. Thanks for joining us, Ash. Pleasure to be here and uh, look forward to the bowls this weekend and coming back next week and having a chat about it. And yeah, Brian. And, uh, and good luck at Kai tonight, Tyler. I hope you bowl well and we'll hear more about it. Yeah, the, next by the, week. By the time the listeners... Well done, are, Ash. Good luck, sad day. Yeah, and same to you. I think we might have to have a spin-off podcast just devoted to Tyler's debut at the Kai Social Bowls. What do you reckon, I Brian? Reckon he, I reckon he'll go all right. <laughs> I uh, haven't touched the bowls uh, since late 2019. So You'll be the skip, mate, and I reckon you might have a couple of wins. We'll see how we go. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for a, a chat with Dan Gate. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. On the line now, we have Kyabram coach Dane Gade. Dane, welcome to the show. G'day, gents. How's it going? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, great to, great to have you on board. Yes, yeah, Dane. No, um, privilege. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much for coming on. The program, I saw you on Around the Bays or something on um, a program you did in Metro in Melbourne. Yeah, Between the Bays Bowl show. Between yeah, the that's Bays. That's a bit oh. of fun. Yeah, 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 it was quite a good show. Uh, I like to watch the other shows like uh, the bowl, Super Bowls in either before the Jack in Bendigo or before the Bowl, I should say, Bowls. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's any program that can um, promote bowls is uh, is good for the game, I believe, Dane. So, a bit of background on yourself for the listeners. Um, well, I'm 27 years of age, about to turn 28 in a couple of weeks, actually. Um, I work as an environmental health officer um, out at Moira Shire, uh, which is based in Cobram. Um, I've been playing bowls since I was, oh, it's been a while now, geez. Um, about 14, 15, something like that. So about 30, 12, 13 years, yeah. Um, practiced a little bit before that with my grandfather, um, but never actually played until I was about 14, 15 properly, yeah. So your dad, Daryl, who played each season at Chet Park, uh, he, he would have been um, a bit of an influence on your career, no doubt. Um, well, I actually got him into bowls. He didn't get me into bowls. Oh, so. right, well, there's a... There's yeah, there, there's up. a point of difference, yeah. Yeah, so what basically happened was I got a fair few different injuries related to sport and also hereditary stuff like my eyes. Um, so for those that don't know, um, I actually had intraocular lens implants when I was four. Right. Um, so I actually went legally blind. Um, so if anyone ever comes across me um, and they look at my glasses, I'll say I pretty much got Coke bottle lens glasses on or sunglasses. Um <laughs> But basically, if I ever got a really severe knock to the head, um, it could dislocate the lenses in my eyes. Um, okay. So it kind of had to stop playing footy at one stage there because I also had two shoulder recos. So all bowls was pretty much the way to go. And, um, yeah, Dad took me through my under-18s and all that. And he always said, even when I was under 18, that he's too, he's too young to play bowls. Um, but I eventually got him into it. So... Yeah, well, you obviously uh, wanted the sea change, did you, and moved to the country, or was it your employment situation that um, got you up to Cobram. up to the Moira Shire at Cobram? Yeah, 
Yeah, it was employment. Um, basically, if I if I hadn't have got this job offer, it was way too good to refuse. Um, for career progression wise, um, I would have still been living in Frankston right now. But yeah, it was just too good to knock back. Pretty much sets up the rest of my life, so I had to jump at it. And what clubs did you start at and finish at in Melbourne in the Metro? Um, when I was a junior, I used to live on Sky Road. Um, so I got introduced to bowls at Karingle Bowling Club. Um, so they progressed pretty well. They got a new dome and everything there now. Um, and then I ended up venturing out to Metro at one stage, um, out, out from the Peninsula League. And um, I eventually found myself coaching at Kyabram the last two years. Oh, sorry, not Kyabram. I've coached Kyabram now. Keysborough. There's a thing about Kays in me, coaching. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Out at Keysborough, yeah, for the last two years. Um, Tiffany Brody kind of, if anyone knows who she is, kind of got me into that. So, yeah. Yes, I uh, I did a bit of research on the internet and you played integrated bowls too, which is uh, a, a, a bowler with um, full 100% capacity plays as someone who's got an in, who's intellectually disabled. In a, yeah, so in a, I, I was with, unaware of that yeah. tournament, but yeah, that that um, oh. particular event. So that was that's good for that's good for you, and it's uh, good for the uh, bowler you played with. Yeah, Frankie um, is based on the peninsula, and I've been working with and playing with him for a little while now. So my my viewpoint is bowls is all about inclusion. And um, tournaments like that, um, that Bowl Vic run and Berwick Bowling Club also is very big on it. Um, I like to be a part of that. So is, yeah. is, is that Frankie Krislovic, is it? That is big Frankie Krislovic. Yeah, he like the shout-out on the radio too, on the podcast. Yeah, he's been a popular participant in the Victorian Open for a number of years. And I know um, I know Mitch Sidebottom's a great fan of his as well. He played him in, up in the Australian Open. Frankie um, obviously enjoys travelling around to play bowls wherever he can, which is, you know, fantastic that, you know, he's, he's obviously been a great supporter of the Vic Open and also gone up to the Gold Coast as well. So, um, and great to hear that, obviously, you played a, a fair bit with Frankie as well he loves his bowls yeah i also did a little bit of mentor work with him as well because um he does get a little bit frustrated at times yep um and people some people don't understand that intellectual disability that he actually has that he can't comprehend certain things yeah yep and so i like when we were up on the gold coast about two years ago i was just sitting there being his coach just making sure that he calms himself Mm. um yeah, so he's he's going to be a, an absolute weapon. Here it is one actually makes it deep in a lot of single stuff. Is he at Clayton? Is he Clayton now? No, he was at Clayton. Yeah, he was at Clayton with Ali Forsyth and all them, but he's back at Rosebud. Okay, on the beach. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I was I was up at uh, up at Rye last week uh, last week, and um, so went sort of near Rosebud and all those places. There's certainly some nice bowls clubs down there, and no doubt, um, yeah, he'd be doing well for himself down at Rosebud, Frankie. Yeah, he's actually chairman of selectors at Rosebud. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, they I, appointed I, him chairman of selectors. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to be a fly on the wall in some of those selection meetings with some of the tough calls to be made with Frankie Frankie running the ship. Yeah, it's, it usually goes down to a vote and he's the deciding vote, but it usually never gets to that stage. But Stevie Brindle is a very good mentor to Frankie out there. So, yeah, he's doing good. Yeah, I, I, um, 
uh, as well, obviously, um, you know, you, Daryl you, and your um, your parents moved up here last year. So did, was that sort of a bit of a lure as well when you, when the job opportunity came up at Cobram to be closer to to family as well? And then obviously, um, you've got you got Daryl playing with you at Cobram this year as well. Yeah, that was a big factor too. Um, like I pretty much, I haven't really met many people out this way yet. Um, so having mum and dad there. Yep. As a support, it's been huge the last year. Um, it's almost been a year now I've been living out here. So, yeah, it's been been good. And when when they did move out originally, um, I because I'm a very big family person, yep. um, I did get a little bit upset here and there that we couldn't see each other as much as what we used to. So yep. that has been a good factor, being able to see them every weekend so far. And um, obviously, you've you know you've had a, a few years of experience coaching bowl sides now which is obviously um you know uh it's a quite a challenging role and you're you know you're dealing with lots of different personalities and that so what, what would you say is tougher out of you know coaching um coaching a bowls club or um or being on reality television like you were um with with beauty and the geek i knew this would come up <laughs> someone's done their research <laughs> um to be honest uh oh, they both have their, their struggles yep. at times. Um, being away from everyone on the reality TV show was a bit tough, but that was only two months. Two months, was so, it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was only two months, um, but it felt like an eternity. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I reckon bowls coaching, I, I love it. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it does have its challenges at times because sometimes you take on a, a little bit, too much, yep. and you just need to try and reassess and say, right, what am I actually focusing on here? Yep. Um, there's all these little side things that like can help out around the club, but sometimes it does get in the way of your coaching. Yep. Um, so you just got to refocus onto that. Is it? Is there anything from the reality television experience that's transferable to your experience now as a as a bowls coach, or are they chalk and cheese? Oh, I don't think you really get anything out of reality TV to convert <laughs> into a bowls coach. Yeah, completely different, completely different scenario. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no potential recruits or anything from that experience, or um, no, nah, not really. <laughs> I don't, I don't usually bring it up. To be honest, I was, I was hoping that it wasn't going to get brought up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you, you can yeah. you can thank Paul McInnes for uh, mentioning that to me when we uh, when we played you you boys a few weeks ago. Bloody jockey! Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a word with him tonight. I will. <laughs> um, but move, moving on to you know Kybram this season, you you started the season really impressively. You, you had a close loss to Park on their carpet in round one, and then went on to beat Stanhope, Tally, and Yaroa, um to be three and one, and then lost narrowly to Tat Hilltop by three at Tat. But um, since then, it's been a um, you know a, a little bit in different form, losing five on the trot. Um, can you put your hand on what what's sort of happened since then? Um, you know, have the other side sort of improved, or is it sort of the combinations with your guys? I know there's been a few um, personnel changes and things like that. What what do you put it down to? Sort of the the turnaround in form. Um, kind of a bit of bit of other sides just playing well, and we're not we're just getting outplayed. Yep. Simple as that. We got to we got to play better, and in order to win, you just need to play well. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, um, you know, Shep golf's the benchmark, but as we've seen throughout the season, um, after that, 
um, sort of sides have been able to manage to beat each other. So anyone on their day can beat um, sort of you know the rest of the competition and those games against the sides. Um, you know, that are in pretty even on the ladder have been probably really crucial in determining sort of the ladder positions at the moment? Yeah, it's... When it, I think Mark Ryan actually said it best um, in Shep News in that the leads and the seconds are the key. You look at Shep Golf, mm. leads and seconds, and consistently within a match to two maps all the time. Everyone else, whoever whoever ends up winning... The leads and seconds determine who wins, and the third then skips determined by how much. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's as simple as that. Um, and yeah, no, no. At, at the moment, as it stands, the leads and the seconds at Chet Gold are just a cut above the rest. Yep. Yeah, and we fr- we know that we need to get better at that too. Yeah. Yeah, the front half it's uh, very important. You've got a good experienced side there, Dane, with four top skips, including yourself. Uh, with Greg Schilling, uh, Glenn Fields, and Robbie George. Uh, Robbie George particularly having a, probably his best season according to the stats. I think he's fourth or fifth on the um, skipper's ladder. Um, so you, no doubt your front half's got to improve. And as I say, your, your thirds and uh, skippers, I think, are fairly as strong probably as strong as most other sides. So you're 24 points outside the top four now with four rounds to go. You can mathematically still play finals. However, you need a bit of a a complete form reversal is required, and I believe you will have to win all four to achieve postseason action. And it's a long long time since Kai have missed two final seasons in a row. I reckon it'll be the first in the Goulburn... They're first in the GV history. But that's not all on you. Is there a question in that, Brian? No, it's up up to the players to rise to the occasion. I've gone over there many grand final eves and the boys have uh, shouted me everything, you know, barbecue, (laughs) beers. A great atmosphere, a very competitive side and... I wouldn't. You wouldn't really write off some of the personnel there, like Noel Redrop, who's incidentally won your singles championship. Being thirteen, and if you look at the teams this week, he's also skipping. Yeah, he's had a promotion, Brian. Uh, the old t- mate too. Well, I'm very pleased about. Take, take us through that, Dane. Uh, obviously, the, the thought process behind, um, you know, stepping back to third and, and pushing Noel up. Well, I did suggest it, as you know, Tyler, a um, couple of weeks ago, but the heat on the weekend, they kind of were a little bit hesitant to do it. But after the tally game, I had a word with our chairman of selectors, um, Glenn Fields, and I said, we need to try something. Um, they took they took uh, my suggestion on board and tweaked it, uh, which, to be honest, looking at the side is a lot, like it's, it's a bit more balanced than what I actually um, suggested to Glenn um, But Noel, Noel is probably... Leading, in my opinion, out of the Herb Pryor medal for us. Yep. Um, he's won the club singles. He's, he's more than capable of skipping. And with a support cast of three other draw bowlers, you wouldn't think that they'd be dropping numbers. Mm. Yeah, um, they'd yeah. be able to consistently get bowls in the head. And my thought process was Glenno and I just see the game the same. We play ridiculously well together. 
So I suggested either putting myself third to Gleno or to the new skip Noel. They've put me with Gleno, push Sally Beach down to second, which would make be a bit more comfortable for her just to focus on drawing in. Yep. Um, and we brought uh, Hoggy back up because uh, he missed a week for work. Um, so he's come in to replace Noel in Robbie George's ring. Yep. Um, so, and they've put Noel Williams to the second side because, um, which, well, for obvious reasons, um, gonna, gonna see if he can qualify for finals there. Um, I think he only needs one more game. Yep. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a more balanced side, um, with a little bit of a twist. So I'm, I'll, I'll wear it if it doesn't work. I'll absolutely wear it because it was my suggestion to begin with. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of inspiration from Hoggy, give him a shout out because he, he suggested something like this a little while ago as kind of a Hail Mary sort of play. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, I think you should be um, commended sort of for the making or making the courageous selection um, suggestion and obviously it's um, it's been followed through on because, you know, it can be easy for a, a first-year coach to come in and, you know, obviously want to lead by example and, and set, the, um, set the tone for the rest of the team and just say, yep, I'm going to skip all year and th- that's how it's going to be. But um, to sort of take it upon yourself to say, okay, what can we do to make the balance better and, and, and say, yep, okay, I, I'm going to play third to to Glen Fields um, and, and not sort of um, just, you know, make it an ego thing and say, no, 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 I've got to still be skipping. I think you should be commended for that and hopefully it does does work out in your favour this weekend. Obviously, um, under no illusions how tough the task is against Shep Golf, but um, I'm sure with yourself and Glenn, um, you said you bowl really well together. No matter who you draw, I'm sure you'll be up for the challenge. Yeah, 100% will be up for it. And I didn't just say I'll play with Glenn. I suggested yeah. I actually threw up another name in there as um, Jockey as well as a potential skip. Yeah. But yep. the, the, form, the form that Noel's in at the moment, you, he can easily make the jump from second to skip. And I think putting Chris Preddy third to him is not a bad idea. Yeah, just, well, they, they would have played a lot of balls. Yeah. Well, they're both using the arm now. And Noel um, Dane is a former, former skipper a year. Way back in about two thousand and two, three, from memory, yep. and Kai's boasted some great skippers over the year. Rob's a bowler you're missing at the moment, who's rated very highly outside in all in GV circles, is Rob Sini. I don't know why Rob's not playing pennant, but he's had an operation, hasn't he? He's had a knee replacement. Well, oh, you. I think I think you boys will find he might be playing sooner than you think. Yeah, yeah. no, he's a very good bowler. And, of course, Greg Schillings won it uh, and, of course, David Cartwright. Um, another question. What is your opinion of the stand of the bowls in the Golden Valley? Um, compared to Metro, do you mean? Yes, to Metro. Yeah, to where you've played in past seasons. Um, well, probably be the thirds and the skips out here can easily play Metro. Um, Mark Ryan's already gone to Essendon, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yes. Um, and played Prem out there. The, the major difference is if you remove Shep Golf from the equation, the leads in the seconds with the rest of the teams um, would likely... The consistency is more there in Metro for the stronger Div 1 clubs. And there's a fair... Like, there's five sections with Div 1. Yep. Yes. Um, in Metro. And then you've got Premier League above that. Yeah. Um, so the leads in the seconds are the 
main point of difference there. The birds and the skips, like, yeah, the birds and the skips going to be even better out here than what they are, yeah, out in Metro, in my opinion. It's just that it leads in seconds. Yeah, what? well, it's a, that's, um, yeah. It's a fair rap. Well, I mean, obviously, Brad Orr's represented the state and, and Matt Robertson yeah. as well, and so that higher-end quality can certainly match it with the best. What about the style of game that you sort of um, play down in Metro compared to up here? And I, I, I gather the, the pace of the greens up here is probably a little bit quicker than what you'd be used to down in Metro. Is that a fair comment? or? Oh, if you had told me before the tally game, I would have said, no, nah, it's only a tiny bit quicker, and then, Got a real eye opener at Tally. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was flying. Yeah, um, that was the quickest I've ever played on. Yep. But um, yeah. Usually, I'd say in the sections that I've played in, the greens can run anywhere between fourteen to sixteen, whereas out here they'll be about fifteen and a half to seventeen. So yeah, only a little bit quicker. Um, but yeah, the the guys like your Brad Orr and all them would easily play prem and skips easily. Yep. yep. Um, Annie Houston played at Coringal, the, the new skipper at Yarrawa this year. Did, did you have any connection with him or didn't you cross paths? No, oh, we did. Um, he, when he played um, us at our joint, um, Andy and I were playing ringside to each other and we were just having a good old yak because last time he saw me, um, I was probably about 40 kilos lighter and a lot shorter. Yeah. <laughs> So we had a good old yak because, yeah, he was there in the years that um, I was there. And when I first started out, when Lee Trainer and all of them were there with Andy. So, yeah, no, he's, he's a very solid player. And as soon as I saw his name come up on the Euroa scorecard, I turned to Greg and I said, you're going to have a tough day today. <laughs> yeah, well, he hasn't had a bad season. He's won three games in the bottom side. And I think Tony Kingman might be... Um just ahead of him on shots up. I'll stand to be corrected on that, but uh, he's he's having a better season. And Kenny Sutcliffe is probably rated their best player, but it depends on your first, seconds, and thirds how they're performing as well, which you obviously have um, stated in in the interview so far, Dane. So, um, yeah. so so at Coringal, you were uh, Andy Houston was there and, and Lee Schrainer at the same time as well. I didn't know Lee had had a stop at Coringal. I know he's played at a, f- a few clubs over the years, but I didn't know Coringal was one of them. He would have started there, wouldn't he? No, he didn't start there. No, no, no. He was coaching there though um, when he was going for the either he was. Oh, I think he was in the odd side at that stage. Okay, way back then. Yeah, um, that was when Coringal was just winning the Nepean League, which was the peninsula version of the Premier League. Um, yeah, well, heaps of strong players back then. And then the Peninsula League kind of whittled off a bit when they scrapped the Nepean League and all of them moved to Metro pretty much. So Okay. So, so have you... Yeah, um, I think he went to Brighton after that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So have you played in any um, premierships over the journey with your bowls? Or? <sighs> I've only got the one flag. Yep. So it took me till I think my ninth, eighth or ninth season. And where was that? Um, I don't really call. Oh, that was Somerville. Yep. Um, but with with Keysborough, I don't really. We won our section um, in Division Two, which got us to Division One. Yep. Um, but it, it didn't win the flag because in Metro you have to keep going through the knockout stages afterwards, and there's heaps of teams for that. So. Yep. 
Yeah. So we ended up winning our section, which we got a medallion for. Yeah. Um, but we didn't win the flag for that. I think Aberfeldy won that. Okay. Who are tracking well in Div One at the moment. Okay. And so with your job, um, you mentioned obviously the the Moira Shire offer was too good to refuse, and that's brought you up to the Cobram area. So do you envisage yourself being in the in the Goulburn Murray region for a few years to come, or is it a case of this being a stepping stone to potentially a similar role at a at a bigger council, maybe closer to Melbourne? Um, well, I actually work for an external contract company that yep. pretty much outsources health departments. So it brought me up here to pretty much train me up. Uh, to be a team leader out in the country. Okay. So um, one of the councils that we work with is Moira Shire. So I, I'm the lone health officer here. Yeah. Um, but I've got a team leader that manages Moira and then another council as well. Yep. So the stepping stone is hopefully to become the team leader of the two councils, yep. health departments. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's the reason why I came out here. It was a very good... Very good opportunity to do that because no one under the age of thirty has ever done that before, and I really want to give it a crack. Yeah, well, I guess I guess what I was sort of uh, getting at is, do you, do you see yourself um, around here for the next few years, and obviously um, coaching and, and playing for for Kai Bowls Club? Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. the only way I'd be moving is if um, a ridiculous offer came from a Melbourne council. That, um, to be honest, what. Where I'm working at the moment and the company I work for, I just couldn't leave. They're just too good. Well, you know when you find an employer that's just ridiculously good? Yep. And they're ridiculously good to you? You just, yeah, you just don't want to leave them. It's, it's a bit like Tyler with the Shepherd and News. I reckon he's, he'll be part of the furniture at this joint for the next 30 years. Oh, I'm a lifer like Jeff Adams, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dane, talking about Tyler Marr, what's he like on the bowling green? We, I haven't seen him... Um, well, Dane hasn't, up yet. Dane hasn't seen me yet either, mate, because uh, it's I'll the first tonight. night tonight of the, uh, the Kai Social Bowls. The After the Jack team will be uh, taking to the rinks out there at Kai Abram. Actually uh, playing? No, no, no. I've just... Uh, you take, haven't asked me to play. No, I've just taken the name for myself, Brian, and, uh, sure and moved enough, on without mate. you. Uh, um, That'd be right. Jockey McInnes uh, reliably informs me that I'm playing with uh, Scott Housler and Alice Duncan. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have a crack. Scott Horsler, right? Eh? Yep. That must be Johnny's son, is it? Johnny Horsler's son? I don't could know. Be, could be. Well, no, no doubt Dane will have his um have his eyes on you potentially as a third or or, or maybe even a leader or a second for next year. We'll see how we, we need go. some good leads in seconds. <laughs> Dane, um, it'd be nice to have uh, Denzel Cartwright, Olivia, Josh, and young Jake. And even Naomi playing at uh, Kai would make a difference to your teams. Um, well, any recruits would be good. Yeah. Yeah, but they're yeah. particularly added their added value to Tad Hilltop has made a significant difference over there. And of course, um They started their bowls. They started their bowls yeah. at Kai, so it's a bit disappointing they're still not there, but that happens in this great game of ours, people shifting around. Um, Dane, um, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program. I think Ashley's yeah, had some, Ashley's um, had some great questions for you, and um, a few curly ones, Dane. Sorry about that, but uh, jo- yeah, Jockey just passed it on, so I thought I'd better throw it in there. <laughs> well, I like to That's win. Okay. Yeah. Good luck against uh, Shep Golf. I suppose they've got to lose a the game sooner or later. 
I said that in the Yarrow, in the Yarrow Shep Park last week. Yeah. This could be the game Ooh. that Yarrow wins, and I predicted it, mate. So you never know. You, you, I'd give you a chance against Shep Golf. Um, Brad all lost last week, so they only need one rink to have a, an outstanding day, and that could get him across the line. So all the best, Dane, and uh, say hello to your father, Daryl, and uh, good luck to you and the boys for the rest of the season. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Good on you, Dane. Thank you.